Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is animal news. <laughs> this is from NBR. And the headline is Man Escapes Cougar. Quote, Dude, I don't feel like dying today. <laughs> I saw this. <laughs> yeah, I've seen this going around on on the social meds. It seems <laughs> the social meds. And uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty popular yeah. story. Uh, so, 26 year old Kyle Burgess was on a 10 mile run this past Saturday up Slate Canyon in Provo, Utah. At one point during his run, he saw four cougar cubs on the trail, took out his phone, and started filming them. Ugh. But when he saw the young animal's mother come along, <laughs> he knew he was in trouble. And for the next six minutes, minutes he recorded their encounter. Uh, the mother cougar followed him, hissing, growling, and threatening as he backed away, keeping his eyes locked on her. Uh, mostly, he alternated between yelling a stream of profanities at the mother mountain lion and also calling the animal dude. <laughs> <laughs> and here's, this is just this. This is a. Uh, this is just a couple of uh, quotes from him during this. Dude, you're scary. You're a bleeping scary kitty cat. <laughs> and come on, dude, I don't feel like dying today. <laughs> I I watched part of the video and I don't remember him calling it dude, but yeah, I guess so. I kind of skipped around uh, when I was watching it because six minutes. Is I didn't. A long that's a long time. time. Yeah, I didn't know he was like he stopped to film the cubs. Yeah, that's why I didn't know that. That yeah, that's why the mother got angry at him. Okay. Well, don't mess with those cubs. Uh, so amazingly, he came away totally unharmed after he picked up a rock and uh, threw it towards her. It didn't hit her, but she like ran away after that. Yeah. Um, a local official with Utah's Division of Wildlife Resources named Scott Root reportedly told Burgess, you did awesome. Uh, but he noted people should consider not running alone on trails. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> or just... Um, you know, if you are alone, just be very vigilant and stay away from wild animals. Yeah, and don't yeah. ever go near an animal's and especially babies. Like, it's just a bad idea. Especially the babies of a wild animal. Um, I looked up, the National Park Service has kind of like a data sheet on mountain lion safety tips. Oh, so I would, I know we've this shared, is useful. We've shared bear tips before, so here's mountain yeah. lion tips. I, okay. think, I think they're pretty similar. I don't know these. Um, so make yourself appear larger and more aggressive. Open your jacket, raise your arms, and throw stones, branches, etc. without turning away, which is exactly what this guy did. Yeah. So that's, that's good. Yeah, he did the right thing there. Uh, never run past or from a cougar. <laughs> don't, so don't run near a cougar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this may trigger their instinct to chase. Uh this was an interesting one. I thought never bend over or crouch down. This causes humans to resemble four-legged prey animals, and it also exposes your neck and the back of your head, which are particularly vulnerable areas. And they like to kind of get oh, wow. at those. Um, and also, and last, there were more tips, but I thought these were the most important. Uh, don't approach a cougar. Most want to avoid animals, so give it time and space to avoid you. Like if you see one, stand back, let it do its thing. Yeah, and. Like chances are it won't actually threaten you if you leave it alone. 
So cougars, they're pretty scary. Right. Yeah, they, they are. They really are. I mean, it's like, I think it's easy to, if you don't really know, I think if you just see like a photo of one, it probably doesn't look that threatening necessarily. Mm-hmm. But when you know what they can do, it's very scary. Yeah. And the data sheet also had some like stats about them. And one of the things was they can leap up to 40 feet horizontally <gasps> and up to 20 feet vertically. I assume that's like from a running start and stuff. Wow. Wow. They, Wait, did you say 20 feet vertically? 20 feet vertically. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And they also can climb, too. Oh, so it's yeah. not like you... They're climbers, they, and they can very run often, really fast. Like, they'll, like, go up in a tree and stalk prey that way, or, like, wait mm-hmm. for things to come by, in like, from a tree. So it's just... They're, they're, they're very, very serious. They can be very dangerous. So yeah. Be careful. Um, I don't think it's something we have to worry about here. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, unless I don't think one, we have Unless those one here. gets loose <laughs> from a zoo, yeah. I think we're okay. Yeah, but yeah, for sure, if you live in an area where those are prevalent, you hopefully know this already, but yeah, just brush up on your safety tips if you're going to go hiking out in the woods, yeah. for sure. Okay, my first story is archaeology news. This is from CNN. The headline is, Tourist Returns Stolen Artifacts to Pompeii After Suffering Curse for 15 Years. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, the conspiracy theory is that if you Ooh. steal something from Pompeii, I don't know if that's the right phrase for this, it's a, the, the superstition, <laughs> that they can be, they're cursed objects if you steal something from there. Okay. Because apparently, this isn't the only person that's claimed this, which I will explain, but a Canadian woman has returned five artifacts that she took from Pompeii in 2005, saying they have plagued her with bad luck. The woman, identified only as Nicole, sent... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the woman, identified only as Nicole. It's <laughs> such a weird way to phrase it. That's how they phrase it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sent two white mosaic tiles, two pieces of amphora vase and a piece of ceramic wall to the archaeological park of Pompeii along with a letter explaining her decision. And in the letter she wrote this, I wanted to have a piece of history that couldn't be bought. Um but I was young and dumb at the time. And then apparently she also wrote that since returning to Canada she has suffered two bouts of breast cancer and her family has been in financial trouble which she is supposedly attributing to these artifacts which I think it's probably just a coincidence, it's but almost certainly a coincidence. She uh, if not felt almost, like it was it because is, she stole artifacts from Pompeii. Right. Um. She also wrote this: "We are good people, and I don't want to pass this curse on to my family." Oh, I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of sweet. <laughs> Please forgive my careless act that I did years ago. And she returned the artifacts. And apparently, according to this article, over the years around. A hundred visitors have returned small artifacts like this, like mosaic oh tiles gosh, and little lot. pieces of plaster that they stole during a visit to Pompeii, according to a, uh, a spokeswoman from the park, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, most of them come back with letters from the visitors claiming to have derived bad luck from taking away the artifacts. And the a selection of letters and returned artifacts has been put on display at the Pompeii Antiquarium, which is apparently a... <laughs> it's an aquarium antiques, for ants. An, oh, I was going to say an antiques aquarium. But oh. 
<laughs> Maybe it's an, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'll look that up later. Um, they've been put on display there. And this spokesperson said, while the value of the artifacts was not so significant, the letters were interesting from an anthropological perspective, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really funny. So, yes, the curse of Pompeii is struck again, apparently. Or the or curse it's of, not really a curse. The, the curse of coincidences or someone being just had things happen to them karma. over fifteen years and probably they feel better about something that they feel like is the source of that karma yeah. and then See they need to follow up with these people after they return the artifacts and see did bad things stop happening to them. Yes. Because that that's the scientific yeah, that's, way. <laughs> if we really want to be scientific about this, you have to have a control and you have to um, measure the stuff before and after the experiment. And in this case, the experiment is returning a bad luck artifact. Exactly. So someone could do this and publish on it. I mean, we just weren't we just talking about last week? You just publish. <laughs> yeah, you could just. Like yeah. whatever. So. It's like. There's like at least 30 journals. <laughs> Surely one There's of them so will take it. so many of them. Yeah. Yeah. My next story is technology news. This is from Engadget. Zoom is getting into ticketed online events. Uh, what, really? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I think, honestly, when I saw this headline, my first thought was they'd haven't done that already like maybe i'm misunderstanding what you mean so i'll let you explain what it is first there we go that's yeah maybe i should do that before i'm like i thought they were doing this already uh (laughs) zoom has started testing a new new service called on zoom it's all one word not the most creative Uh, title um, that allows users to host and monetize online events so as an attendee you'll find a space where you can discover new workshops classes and other events to attend you'll be able to take part in them directly through Zoom and pay for them using a credit card or PayPal account. And you can also send on Zoom tickets to your friends and family members. So it's basically like an online workshop, learning sort of environment okay. to enable like online events. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. That's why I was kind of like, I'm surprised they didn't already... Yeah, when you first said it, I for some reason I was just imagining something like what Ticketmaster is, where it's like tickets oh, to yeah, things. Like and I was like, to like Wait, a what? concert or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, t- like they're just selling tickets to events. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. Uh, the company says that it won't take a cut of the ticket sales during the beta, which it expects, expects to at least last through the end of 2020. Uh, only paid Zoom users can currently host and monetize virtual events at the moment, but I think hmm. anybody can can attend them as long as they're willing to pay. Uh, additionally, Zoom announced it will finally start rolling out end-to-end encryption to users next week, which is another thing where oh. it's like, why didn't they have that Why before? didn't they have that already? Yeah. Like, pretty much every other... I, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know for sure, but I, a lot of other like video call services, like I know like FaceTime at least, is like end-to-end encrypted. Um However, and I thought this was strange, uh, end-to-end encryption won't be enabled by default and will only be turned on if everyone in a given meeting has it. Wait, what? So, like, you have to enable it yourself and then it uh, only applies if everyone in the meeting has it enabled. Which seems like it means nobody's... Why isn't it just always on? I know, right? Like, um, apparently there are some caveats to having it enabled, like certain features are disabled if it's enabled, but, like... 
fix that, figure it out. Yeah, like <laughs> that. Yeah, from that a security, just seems like a bug. from a security standpoint, like it's shocking, honestly, that this hasn't been a thing from the beginning. Yeah, it's a they're, huge. They're, it's a huge a, security, like security. That's risk. a people huge just, issue with their platform. People could just jump on, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, so to summarize, Zoom is doing some things it should have been doing already. <laughs> <laughs> to summarize, Zoom has announced that they're finally catching up to <laughs> everything else. Everything else. Despite the fact That's that they're, they're like the go-to video conferencing yeah, software. It's, for, and it's, it's, I don't I'm know not really sure why they somehow rose above all the other... I kind of got the impression that like before the pandemic started, they... Um, like they weren't that big of a thing and it was much more casual and just like friends using it to con- contact each other. And then like, as soon as the pandemic hit, people were like, well, I know about the zoom thing. And yeah, like they just, cause it's, it, they just grew, they just grew really fast. And I think that's part of why they, they've been so slow to adopt some, some like features that seem pretty obvious. It's just, there was more of a casual solution and now people are using that for legitimate true. purposes. Because a lot of other like, App similar apps, I think, were more geared towards like businesses and stuff, and mm-hmm. like paid. Yep, things you know, like subscription, yeah, Google, and like go to meeting and all those things are right. more like their market was more businesses and not as much like just casual. Let me hop on the phone with somebody, right? And then Zoom is like, oh, but actually, Zoom is the solution for everything for some reason, yeah. and yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know either. Interesting. I'm now thinking, like, do you think that that will be a trend now if they're if that's a thing that's very easy to set up and very easy to, to facilitate using software, like virtual events that are ticketed like that. Cause I think that will be very common. I think I can yeah, see a I ton see of different. I mean, you've already like, got things like masterclass and things where it's just like it's online true. learning experiences. And this would just be a live version of that. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. I don't know. Seems cool. And there's also things like, I mean like Twitch, I guess is kind of like live streaming of things, but there's, I don't think there's a way to like, you have to pay to get into this stream or anything like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Think. I think it's all it's, it's all, just all like, like opt in donations yeah, if you want to do anything. Right. Yeah. So interesting. Very interesting. All right, my next story is animal news. <laughs> this is from the BBC.com. And the headline is, U.S. Army Trials Augmented Reality Goggles for Dogs. That seems like it's going to be very confusing to the dogs. I don't know. It seems like it's working so far. They're testing it. So uh, the U.S. Army is using augmented reality goggles for combat dogs designed to let them receive orders from a distance. The technology made by a firm called Command Sight is managed by the U.S. Army Research Laboratory. And... um, I guess they use this type of dog to scout ahead for explosives and other hazards, but they need instructions about like where to go, like to be like directed to go to certain places and to keep them safe and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, like in current situations, they usually have like a handler or somebody working with them that has to be close by, but they're testing this technology where the dogs will be able to see like some type of visual indicator through these goggles that will be directing them where to go, but that a person doesn't have to be there. Oh, so okay. like I guess they like one of the things they use now is like laser pointers. Like they train them to like look to use to look to where they're pointing the laser and that means something, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so the goggles could they could actually make it that they see the laser in there, but it's because it's Without augmented actually, reality. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's cool. 
for some reason when you first said it, I was like, they're going to just like confuse all these dogs into thinking there's like monsters or something. Oh there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No. <laughs> um, yeah, and apparently they already like have trained dogs to be okay with having goggles on, like for other purposes. Like to protect so, their eyes, probably. And yeah, I think that it was what it was. I didn't write that down in my notes, but I think that was what it was. So this is just like so that's not even a big deal. It's just like now these new ones are just gonna have they're gonna like see things that aren't actually there. <laughs> um, you could just like so have a virtual tennis ball get thrown at the spot that they need to go next, and then they'll just run after it. I don't know why they didn't think of that. That maybe I seems should, maybe I should be an army. <laughs> you should work for the company that made the goggles. Yeah, Command that's Sight. More, more accurate. Yeah. Their founder's name is Doctor AJ Pepper. That and I had that in Dr. my Doctor Pepper. Yes, their founder's name is Doctor Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> and I made a note to include that here because I thought that was because fun. that's hilarious. Um. Yep, so it's still in early research, but uh, they're saying the results are promising so far, so that might be in use soon. And then right. in a few years, maybe they'll, they'll be trying to sell just the everyday person goggles for your dog that do exactly what you just said. Doggles. Doggles. Play with your dog without having to get up from the couch. Yeah. That sounds so sad. Oh, here, go put on these goggles, and there's a bouncing ball. Honestly, the dog might be nice. The dog wouldn't know the difference. (laughs) The dog would be entertained. The dog would be having fun. Yeah. My next story is food news. This is from CNN. Duncan adds a spicy donut for the first time ever. Okay, I have questions. (laughs) I'll just wait. (laughs) I have answers. Okay. So, Duncan is adding its first ever spicy donut, and it's spooky, too. Uh, it's called the Spicy Ghost Pepper Donut, and oh it's described goodness. as a deliciously daring donut. It's uh, baked with a classic yeast dough, so it's a donut, uh, and <laughs> topped with strawberry icing that's mixed with a blend of cayenne and ghost pepper, one of the hottest chili peppers in the world. Why are they doing this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Duncan is offering the donut beginning October 14th. That's the day we're recording, Wednesday, uh, through December across its U.S. restaurants. And uh, so it's going to be available in every Dunkin' Donuts, I guess. It's not just like a promotional. I mean, I'm kind of glad you didn't bring one of those as a, one of <laughs> yeah, the food you would tasting. Not, you would probably not want to try that. I don't think I would want to try that. Yeah, you don't like spicy, and that yeah. that would be incredibly spicy. I mean, ghost I guess, peppers. Yeah, depending yeah. on I don't know what the exact blend is, but yeah, that sounds like it'd be really hot. Uh, Duncan's rival, Krispy Kreme, has also tried. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't just know why, how, but this is describing them as a rival yeah, is very funny to me. That's just how reason. they that's how they phrased it. Uh, has also <laughs> trotted out Halloween donuts this year. New on its menu are monster themed donuts, including Dracula and Frankenstein. I saw these. They're just like donuts de- decorated oh, yeah. with frosting. Okay. That's they're, normal. They're cute. They're nothing that exciting. Um, customers can also get a free donut if they wear a costume to any of the locations. Also, it wasn't super clear from the wording of this article if that means Dunkin' or Krispy Kreme. So I guess wander into either one in a costume and see if anything happens. That And, and also, at any time between now and Halloween or on Halloween, you have to be wearing the costume. That also uh, didn't seem to be specified. It didn't say. <laughs> so. So. 
what I'm getting from this is that any time from now until the end of October, if yeah. you wander into either a Krispy Kreme or Dunkin', or Dunkin Donuts, Donuts, you're going to get a free donut. Yeah. That's our, that's our promise to you that you shouldn't take seriously because we have no idea. <laughs> and also, it doesn't technically say when that uh, promotion ends either. So oh, that could yeah, just be so for the rest of time. We don't know. There's no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing unless you take the initiative yeah. to dress up in a costume and go to one of those places. Every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Every day until someone tells you that the promotion is over. Yeah. That's probably more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> please, sir, stop. Please stop. <laughs> Could you please stop coming in here in a burrito costume? <laughs> that's, that's not this restaurant. Okay, my next story is random local news. This is from demilked.com, which... Sorry? Not sure how I found that. Demilked, like D-E-M-I-L-K-E-D. Okay, so exactly how I thought it was. Okay. It's probably reasonable. No, but I'm pretty sure the story is real. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we, talk, we actually talked about this kind of in one of our first episodes in 2018. Oh, do you wow. remember when we talked about there was a ghost town for sale? Yes. Yeah. I do remember that. So this is in the news again. So uh, two entrepreneurs bought the ghost town back in 2018. They bought it for $1.4 million. So it's it's very expensive. A great deal for a town. And they, yeah. So they, uh, the town's called Cerro Gordo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but. Hmm. Um, So the one, one of the guys, Brent, apparently he spent like his whole life savings on this and and as well as money from investors. And the plan is that they're going to turn it into like a tourist attraction and have like a museum there and like a bunch of stuff and I'm assuming like just sell tickets to be able to like walk around and see see all the buildings and things. Uh-huh. So anyway, it's in the news because I guess this was just kind of just a story about like an update on this because he, this guy, he like when quarantine started because of COVID, he like went there and was like, oh, maybe I'll just hang out here for a while because it's literally a ghost town. <laughs> and then that turned into like months and he's just been living there alone with – um seven cats and four goats and just fixing up the whole town like on his own with like a little help from some locals that live like kind of nearby but like he's just been living in a ghost town like fixing it up for like six months and so i guess there's no better time to do it huh yeah um so yeah so he's cleaned up some of the houses that are there he's kind of built like himself an office into one of the buildings he turned an old general store into a museum that he's like setting up now because like part of the plan was to turn up, uh, make a museum, and um, he also has restored the town's water supply, which was like me- I guess messed up or like oh. broken before. And he he worked with some of the locals on on that. <laughs> they say distant locals because they don't like live in the town. <laughs> right, but um, otherwise it wouldn't be a ghost town. Yeah, so the town has running water now for the first time in fifteen years. Like it's been like off. So wow. Um, yes, he's trying to maintain the historical nature of the property and respect this piece of history, and um. Yeah, and he is going to probably take a break for the winter, it said, but then continue in spring, and he's trying to have it open by next summer, like, done with, like, whatever, fixing up and getting it ready for, like, people to kind of go there and see the town, so. All right. Actually, pretty great timing on his part. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, oh, why don't I just go hang out in this ghost town that I bought? Well, I'm supposed to be quarantining from people. Like, how convenient is that? Oh, it's like I have a ghost town I can just go hang out in and... (laughs) No one will come here. Um, 
the, yeah, the link um, that I found, like where I found this story, they actually have a bunch of photos that I guess he's been taking as he's been fixing up stuff. So you can go and like look there and see pictures of some of the buildings and things okay. he's been doing. It's pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like it'd be a really <laughs> if you had the means and the time. It seems like a cool project. Yeah, and I. I like saw this and I was like, this sounds familiar. I feel like this might have been the one we talked about a long time. It was. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is the two years later update. Yeah. We've just been holding on to it for you. <laughs> All right. It's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look for stories that just happened today or were just posted today. And we read them to you on the fly. Doggles. Ready, set, Go. go! I found this on uh, WESH.com. Nice. WESH.com. Okay. <laughs> WESH. <laughs> it's some local news station. Yeah. Um, Florida could soon offer digital driver's licenses. Whoa. This is a, why I isn't that, that already a thing? Exactly, right? Like, why don't we, why don't I have what? a digital driver's license in my Apple wallet? <laughs> yeah. Why can't I just That's um, such a good idea. Yeah, it's pretty much what you think it is. Uh in 2021, Florida residents will be able to apply for new mobile driver's licenses that are easily accessible on a variety of devices including smartphones and tablets and are as valid as a traditional license. The service will be provided by a company called Thales, uh which designs and builds electrical systems and provides services for the aerospace, defense, transportation and security markets. Um, apparently several other states have already tested digital licenses, not that I've heard of. Oh. Um, and Louisiana has already given the green light to its digital driver's license, hmm. uh, confusingly called the L.A. Wallet, um, because L.A. <laughs> what? is oh, the state abbreviation state. of Louisiana. Oh. But, uh, okay, that's definitely, fine. Definitely not the first thing I thought of when I saw it immediately after the word Louisiana. <laughs> um, <laughs> and theirs was developed by a company called Envoc. Also a little weird that this is like state by state going to be different companies. Really seems like something that should maybe be consistent, but yeah. Anyway, um, according to Thales, uh, I, which just sounds like you're saying sales. I know. I, I was going to say that. I was like, it, did you just say Thales? Like according to Thales. Okay. <laughs> sorry. A digital license will work the same way as a traditional one. People would open the the app and present it to verify their age, check in at TSA or interact with law enforcement. And they said it was unclear exactly when Florida will begin offering the licenses. Like you'll be able to start applying next year, but they don't hmm. know for sure when they'll be available. All right. But yeah, why isn't this a thing already? Why can't I have a digital digital license? Okay. If we think about it from a philosophy perspective, um, and I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. Perspective. No. Okay. okay. Maybe it's the same reason why people don't really have s- digital social security cards because that seems like a security risk. Yeah. Maybe the same thing is true for a driver's license because I guess someone you, could you like, can definitely like prove your identity in a lot of situations with just a driver's license number like voting registration that kind of thing. Yeah, like maybe there are concerns about that, but I don't know, overall I don't think. I think there's an seems like there's enough safeguards in place that you couldn't really get far. If you if all you had was somebody's driver's license, like you couldn't really do much to like right. destroy that person's life. And <laughs> if it's got like a picture of them on it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Like if, if I can have like my credit card 
in but, my phone. Like it's, it seems like the same thing yeah. should be possible with a driver's license. Yeah. Which has even fewer uses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just seems convenient. Yeah. So that'd be cool. I'd sign up. All right. Well, I found something on UPI. This is a quick one. Um, the, Headline is, Bear Steals Pumpkin from a New Jersey Family Porch. <laughs> you had me at Bear. <laughs> and you kept me at Pumpkin Steals and Porch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I should have kept this one for our Halloween episode this year, Ooh. which is coming up soon because it's October. Ah. Uh, but, I mean, it just was posted But it's today. not Halloween yet. It's not Halloween yet. And it's just happened. Um, so basically, somebody saw a bear like on their front porch like looking through their halloween decorations and then they supposedly screamed then the bear left for a minute then they went and got their phone and came back and the bear came back to get the pumpkin and left like it like walked up grabbed the pumpkin and then like walked away (laughs) and there is video of it it was caught on camera so very good um yeah that was strange to me why a pumpkin yeah i mean like this is a live pumpkin right I mean, it was like a decorative, like a normal, like, like could, a real pumpkin. Yeah, not yes. a plastic one. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It, it was a real this. one. Maybe they like to eat them. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They're not exactly honey, but. Yeah, I guess like, do do bears eat like vegetables? I don't know. Like, would they? Would a bear like a, a butternut squash? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it would, because butternut squash um, is delicious. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I probably just thought it was like, oh, this is food, and it's, it was going to yeah. eat it. Because it is. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's edible <laughs> vegetable. So It's, gonna go, it's gonna, just going to go mount your pumpkin. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at, at News, and on Instagram at News. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. A woman identified only <laughs> <Yes>. as Denise. <laughs> A woman identified only as Charlotte. <laughs> A woman identified only as Annalisa. Well, that one at least is like an interesting name. Yeah. That one was just an animal crossing. A woman woman identified only as Denise, too. (laughs) 